This is ex, uh, Explain It Trinity 16, and uh, the scriptures again are Psalm 30, and 1 Kings chapter 17, uh, Paul's uh, letter to the Ephesians chapter 3, and the gospel is Luke chapter 7. So this gospel, Luke, of, of Luke in chapter 7, has a series of accounts that um, uh, is strung together. And they have miracles, and um, they have different phases to them, but they're all um, centered in these ideas of of the the prophet among uh, among his people, the very son of God, uh, doing his work, fighting against the devil and his work. Uh, and so there's this um, resurrection that occurs in death, and the forgiveness of sins, the redeeming, and and the recreating of all things. So this the string of um, of stories in chapter seven speak uh, of these different accounts. So the first one is where Jesus heals a, a centurion's servant, and the story is the centurion has uh, this servant that he dearly loves, um, but he sends. Um, uh, individuals to go to Jesus, and they come, and uh, he doesn't go himself. He says, you know, I know what it's like to be a man, you know, who has people under his his rule and under his uh, authority. So I tell them to go, and they go. They come, then they come. He said, just say the word. And so Jesus is um, just amazed at the faith uh, that this centurion has, and he tells him just to, you know, at that moment that his son, uh, that his, uh, his servant will be uh, will be made well. He then comes to the account of the widow at Nain, and uh, this is where he uh, is going into the village, and they're coming out with the funeral procession. And in, in the first story, he, he met um, power and authority went together. In this account, power and compassion come together, and we'll hear about that uh, shortly. The question surrounding all of this then is, are you the one? So John the Baptist has been um, put in prison, and there are these questions uh, with his disciples, you know, is Jesus the one? And so disciples of John are sent to Jesus and are asking that question, that very specific question. Are you the one, or should we wait and expect someone else? And then Jesus says, well, what have you been hearing? What have you been seeing? You know, the blind uh, receive their sight, the dead are raised. And um, there, there is this uh, authentication that the prophet, that the one promised of God to destroy the devil's work, is among them. And then the final section is really probably the most powerful of all of them. Yes, you know, raising of the dead is a powerful miracle. But you know what? Um, the resurrection of spiritual death, isn't that the most powerful? And this is the story where this this woman comes. She's a sinful woman. She comes and anoints Jesus' feet, and the Pharisees are all upset about it. And it says, you know, if this man really was a prophet, he would know. But Jesus says, um, you know, he who has been forgiven little loves little, but he who has been forgiven much loves much. And he says, you know, your sins are, your sins are forgiven. So we have the devil's work here in the midst of uh, really the ministry of Jesus. So uh, we know from the Gospel of John, Jesus describes our enemy as the murderer and the liar, uh, the father of lies. And uh, he, can only, he can only corrupt, and he can never create. He can only corrupt, um, and, he can, and, and he can only kill. 
and he accuses, he goes after the conscience. Uh, St. Augustine uh, said it this way, uh, when we have sin in our life, he says, sin's wage is a living death, but it's also a dying life. And so sin always brings with it this corruption and this, this dying and then the accusing, the, the terror in the conscience comes along with it. Uh, and so St. Augustine said, sin's wage, well, you know, it's a living death, and it's going to hound us, and it's a dying life. So, well, the reason the Son of God appears is to destroy the devil's work. And so in the Gospels, you'll see Jesus, you know, not just, um, you know, uh, doing miracles for the sake of uh, um a sign, but rather he's actually creating and recreating. He's doing Genesis work, taking nothingness and bringing order into it and making us new creations. He's taking sins that bring death, the wage of sin is death, and declaring us not guilty uh, by his death and his resurrection. So we're bought back from the devil. And he resurrects us, not just physically in the stories that we we read in Luke, but spiritually is the ultimate resurrection. So there are these messianic signs that we go looking for in the Gospels, and um, they are a direct um, reality of the shadow in the Old Testament. So we always talk about the Old Testament as foreshadowing the Messiah coming. And uh, Isaiah specifically speaks of these messianic um, these signs that you look for. Right, the blind will will have their sight, and the deaf will hear, and the mute will will speak, and the lame will walk, and prisoners will be set free, and and the dead will be raised. In fact, you know those are the words that Jesus uses when he speaks to um, the disciples of John. So here it is, Luke chapter seven. They come and asking, so uh, are you the one? Capital O. Are you are you the prophet? Are you the Messiah? Are you the promised seed? Are you the one? And Luke chapter 7, uh, Jesus says um, to them, Go back, report to John what you've seen and heard. And what was that? Well, the string of miracles. You know, he's curing many who had diseases and sicknesses and throwing out evil spirits and giving sight to those who are blind. And he says, Go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. And they all know the scriptures. They all know the prophetic um, voice of Isaiah speaking of the one who will come. And Jesus says, here's what's going on. The blind receive the sight, their sight, and the lame walk, and those who have leprosy, they're cured, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. So we'll step back. Uh, Luke chapter 7, the account right before um, that question of, are you the one? Is this woman, she is a, a widow, we find, that... Um, there is a dead person is being carried carried out, and we find out that that is the only son of his mother. So she's walked this way twice, right? First with her husband, and now with her son. And here's the reality: is that you know, there's two things going on in our lives. We are either making our way to the graveyard uh, with those that uh, we love, or one day we're going to be carried there. I mean, there is just no getting around that reality, the wage of sin is death. 
And so as much as we try and deny it and, and hide from it and pretend that it doesn't exist and live, you know, kind of a sense of, well, maybe we're immune to it, immortal, uh, it is always reminding us that, you know, we're in one of those two two states. Either we are, you know, making our way to the graveyard or we're being carried, being carried there. It sounds pretty dismal, but the good news is that Jesus meets us in both of those those places. He meets us when we take someone who we love, um, you know, to the grave. But he also knows what it's like to be put into the grave and uh, and also to rise again on the third day. And then he promises us that life. So she's a widow. Now, I know some of you are, um, are widows, so you know this, that uh, there is this deep loss that, um, I mean, no one can can bear it with you or understand it. It's it's just so devastating to lose someone you have spent um, maybe the majority of your life with um, and was such a support. So there's this deep sense of loss and there is grief and uh, you feel alone. In fact, you know, you're in, in the same home, but it doesn't seem the, the same without the person that you love there. Uh, all the things, you know, come to you and you're overwhelmed and whether, you know, it was taking care of the everyday things that a, a husband would do uh, and maybe he just handled everything. Um, you feel a sense of maybe a defenseless, uh, you're defenseless or or maybe you don't have the gift of a family. And in this case, the widow has her only son and now she's lost lost him as well. So this is a very um, tender moment uh, that Jesus um, comes uh, across in this procession. So the Old Testament speaks of this as well. Um, So in Exodus chapter 22, um, it said, don't take advantage of a widow or an orphan. If you do and they cry out to me, I will certainly hear their cry. So there there is this wonderfully tender part of the heart of God towards the you know, those with deep loss and those who feel alone and those who are defenseless and overwhelmed, um, the widow and the orphan. And he says, don't, don't you dare take advantage of them. If you do, they're going to cry out to me and I will hear, hear their cry. Psalm 68, uh, psalmist says, he is a father to the fatherless and a defender of, of widows. Hebrews 11 does speak about women receiving back their dead, raised to life again. And two of those stories were uh, from the prophet Elijah and Elisha. And uh, we read that in the Old Testament lesson where Elijah raises the widow's son, right? So you have this wonderful miracle of God's provision of the bread and the oil not running out. And all of a sudden, the tragedy. And uh, there uh, Elijah comes and the boy is, is raised. And Elisha. And the Shunammite woman, you know, she has her hopes up um, about having a child. And Elisha said, you're going to have a child. And she said, oh, don't, don't do this to me. You know, don't get my hopes up. And she says, no, you're going to have a child. And she has this child. And then all of a sudden the child gets sick. And it's as if, you know, her, her heart is crushed again. And there is this, there is this miracle of the son being raised uh, to life again. So we have, then, no surprise that Jesus is the ultimate Elijah and Elisha, the one who comes and meets the widow. And the text says his heart goes out to her. And he says to her, don't cry. Now we're going to find out that 
crying and grieving is not a sinful um, activity for the Christian. In fact, the Apostle Paul will say, we're going to grieve, but we're not going to grieve as those who have no hope. Um, but he, he tells her not to cry because he's going to show her that he has power over uh, over death. And so he he comes and he says, young man, I say to you, get up. Now imagine you know what's going on here in the crowd when this occurs, and there is this resurrection. I mean, they've been carrying this, uh, this boy uh, to the burial site, and Jesus stops and confronts the, you know, the burial procession and has compassion and in power, you know, raises this boy and says, get up. And then he gives him back, gives him back to his mother. So who owns who owns our children, right? I mean, who do they really belong to? So Jesus says, you know, I'm I'm going to give you back to give you back to your mother. So Luke chapter seven, obviously, now you know the discussion will be, ah, maybe the one you know that has been promised is here among us. So the text says in Luke chapter 7, verse 16, they were all filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us. They said, God has come to help his people. So again, uh, all of the Old Testament prophets are pointing to the ultimate, the prophet, which is, which is Jesus. God has come to help his people. So we have this God who has come. That's what Advent is going to be. God coming among us, dwelling among us. Uh, tabernacling among us. Jesus, our brother, now we can say uh, is among us, and in three ways. He knows what it's like uh, to make his way to the graveyard. So, um, does he stand with Mary and Martha? Yeah. John says he stands there and he weeps over the grave of Lazarus. So our brother is there with us, and he makes his way to the graveyard. But ultimately, I mean, you could say the, the, the most, uh, the two bookends of the human experience, birth and death, God himself experiences in Jesus. So Jesus, our brother, is born, but he also dies and he's carried to the graveyard. They come and they take his body down from the cross and he's, he's brought to a borrowed tomb and uh, he is placed there in, in the tomb. So as we also carry those that we love to the graveyard and and then walk away from the graveyard, we, we know that our brother uh, has experienced that as well. Now, the one that we wait for, the one that is promised, because Jesus, our brother on the third day, walked out of the grave. He gives to us the promise of the resurrection. So John chapter 5 speaks of uh, these different resurrections, Um, two resurrections. So John chapter 5 says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. So let's let's just refer to that as a spiritual resurrection. So we're dead in our transgressions and our sins, but we're not condemned. We cross over from death to life. So that's a spiritual resurrection. So that's not the only resurrection, though. There will be a bodily resurrection. So Jesus continues in John chapter 5, verse 28. He says, 
Don't be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out, and those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. So there's this physical resurrection. There will come a day where if if you were to go to the gravesite of the one that you love and the Lord Jesus were to reappear, reappear at that moment, the dead would be raised. And uh, we would receive our new glorified body. So there is going to be a physical, uh, a, a bodily resurrection, as we say in the creed. Now, I believe in the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. Now, we are connected to Jesus because he is connected to us in his death and his resurrection. So the psalm that we read today is really a, a psalm of, of Jesus. So he prays it, um, we pray it, uh, but we also pray it with him together. And so he knows what it's like to be brought down into, into the pit. Romans 6 says we're connected to Jesus in death and resurrection through baptism. So we're buried with him, uh, but we're also raised with him. And then 1 Thessalonians uh, speaks of, of, of then the way that we can grieve uh, and the Apostle Paul says, Brothers, I don't want you to grieve as those who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And then he goes on to say, you know, the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we'll be caught up and we'll be with the Lord forever. And then he ends that section with saying, Therefore, encourage each other with those words. Now, St. Augustine painted the picture really quite uh, clearly, right? In this life, sin's wage takes its toll. And maybe you are sensing that in our, you know, our year here. 2020 has really revealed it. I mean, our, our, our world is sick and dying. Sin's wage is a living death, St. Augustine says, and a dying life. But... We have the promise of the Lord Jesus who comes into the middle of that living death and gives his life for us. And so the little saying, and and I don't know where it came from, but it really summarizes, I think, the promise of of the Gospel of John. That if you are born once into this world, um, you're only born physically, you know, you have a birth date. The reality is that uh, you will die twice. You will die a physical death. But also, as the book of Revelations says, you will die a second death, a, a eternal death separated from God. So you're born one time, just simply physically. You will know that living death and a dying life, and you will die not just once, but twice. But if you're born twice, not just a birthday, but also a spiritual birthday, a, a rebirth, a regeneration, you call it a a regenesis, right? Born again, born twice through water and the spirit in your baptism. Now you have been made a child of God. Now though you you may be taken to the graveyard one day, it's only gonna be one death. It's only gonna be one physical death, but you will have the gift of, you'll have the gift of eternal life. So born once, die twice, But in Christ Jesus, if you're born twice, you only die once. 